Hello. Hello in there. Hello out and in there. Welcome to another brief edition of the Papa J Show podcast. Yes, it's podcast time. <laughs> Not really. This is a super duper short one. We just wanted to circle back, as Jen Saki likes to say. Potato ship. Um, yeah, we're just going to circle back. And we're going to talk about, very briefly, uh, the state of things um, as we see them and what what we're doing uh, on our end to try and uh, make some positive change and improvement to our culture and our country. So wait, this is a show. So Pop and Jay show and you're Pop? No, you're Jay. I'm Jay. Okay. So that must mean I'm the other thing. Oh boy. Oh boy. This is off to a good start. Okay. As so, so many have been. Oh yeah. The Incredibles are calling us. I like that. Okay. So. This is not a normal episode. We're just doing a really brief, like, uh, well, we wanted to tell you about something that we're working on. We wanted to test out some new equipment and some new, a new way I'm trying to record the podcast and also talk about, um, it's been a, it's been a really big couple of days. We are recording this the day after the Derek Chauvin trial concluded. And, uh, yeah. So what do you think? Uh, what do you have to say, Pop, about stuff? I've, I have lots of stuff to say. I would like to say that both sides of this issue, uh, well, there's probably more than two sides, but the two main sides seem to agree that justice was not served yesterday. Of course, our definition of that is completely different. <clears throat> Anyone who's dispassionate and just watching objectively knows that that jury should have been sequestered. They were not. They were threatened by a member of Congress, the mayor and the quote president of the United States. And they very well knew what they had to do. Now, had they been sequestered, they very likely could have come to the same verdict. Although, uh, what, the appropriate charge was the third degree, the manslaughter. Second degree. You know, I'm saying what it should have been. Oh, okay. Um, there, it should he, have been third degree <clears throat> manslaughter? I don't even know. I don't know too much about. Well, basically we're talking about intent. Right. Um, and I deal with that a lot in my job. Lots of our statutes are based on willful and malicious intent. Right. Uh, third degree murder in, I think, most every state is basically not could be accidental, but usually they don't prosecute accidental. But it was reckless. Uh, what he was very guilty of was excessive force being used. And uh, the medical side, you know, obviously says that the poor guy died uh, of drug overdose and all of the, the multitude of medical issues he had, but nonetheless, we have what we have, uh, that police officer, uh, used excessive force. There was no reason beyond, I don't know, his pride for him to 
stay in that position for so long. Although the videos, when you look at the different angles, the knee was not on the neck. It was right where he was trained to have it. But to yeah, me, it was just, just that he just stayed on way too long. And yeah, there was, it was excessive. And then he didn't render medical aid. And so I think it was very appropriate for him to be charged with something, right? Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> they charged those three counts that, you know, I'm not even sure legally how you can charge three different kinds of murder for the same it person. It was very confusing to me. Uh, but anyway, um, the, the jury <clears throat> did their thing and they did what's best for them and their families. Right. I'm sure the media had all of their personal info and they were just locked and cocked to send that out as soon as there was a not guilty. So, but yes. anyway, uh, yeah. that the other side says justice was not served. They, that's all you will see on media today is uh, the genius AOC and others. Oh, this isn't justice. It's not going to be justice until the police are abolished. That's the new phrase. It's not defund. It's abolish our side. Maybe some of us feel like justice wasn't served because of the charges, the nature of the charges and what happened with that circus, the jury and all that. Uh, and oh, there yes. are many, many smart legal minds right now that are saying they just handed him, uh, all the firepower he needs for an appeal. The, the, I heard the judge say the same thing. I mean, it's pretty likely that the, the next judge is, you know, is going to based on, especially what uh, the Congresswoman Maxine waters and then the president weighing in, like, I, I don't see how all that could not play into the jurors minds. And, you know, the city was, those people live in that city. It should have been moved to a different city. I mean, they know their city is going to burn if they do that. Like, it's hard not to blame. It's hard to blame them. Like you I'm said, um, they were handed a raw deal. I would never have served on that jury. I would have figured a way out of that right quick. Because, yeah, yeah how could you be impartial? It's impossible. I mean, the coverage of it from day one, just terrible. And, um, so anyways, well, so, so, okay. So yeah. we, we got to do a short cause I have, you know, we don't have a lot of time today, but we wanted, so you are a police officer. This is, I mean, it's directly impactful to all, all American citizens because the nature of law enforcement is, it has to change. Like, so today then we wake up to another video of a police officer using lethal force to stop a 16 year old girl who was in the act of stabbing another girl. Like, I don't know what else you want police officers to do. If not what happened today. Well, the narrative for that one seems to be going down the line of, in fact, I read, <laughs> I wish I had it in front of me, but uh, one of the nitwits was saying, Teenagers always fight and, and sometimes they do have knives. That doesn't mean the police need to show up. They actually are saying that. And, and that's the thing is like, uh, Tim pool is somebody who, uh, Adam, my husband likes. And so I started following him on, on Twitter and he's pretty smart about some of this stuff. And he used to be a journalist and cover stuff. Um, and 
he said this morning, his tweet was just like, I, you have to, I think it was rude the way he said it, but he said, you have to be a special kind of stupid to be a police officer and respond to any of these calls anymore. Just, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much what's being propagated all across. But it's like, I don't know. I wouldn't call you guys stupid at all. I would say not that you're a special kind of stupid if you respond to these calls, but like, what else can we expect? And I understand you're, I don't know. I, I'm very sad. Like, I don't even know what to say. What are you guys being told? Like, what are you supposed to do? Are you just supposed to keep going as ever? Yes. Our department is continue to follow our statutes uh, that we swore to uphold. That's why they call us sworn police. Mm-hmm. We don't write the laws though. Um, so for those of you angry that a police officer pulls a car over for not having license plates on it. Well, that's a law that that police officer raised his hand and swore to uphold. So if you don't like the laws, we have a thing for that in America. You elect people you want to do whatever you think with the laws. Like essentially you guys are like, um, let's say almost like a custodians or something like you come to clean up when something bad has happened or to help when something is happening. But it's like, you don't, you, you're not the, you didn't write the rules. You're just, you're, and you didn't cause the mess. Like people are acting as if you somehow are responsible for the messes. It's madness. Like I, I am, I gotta tell you, I have never wanted you to take that early retirement more and I know that you won't. And I know that, but I, it's like, how? Well, just a word on that. Um, you know, ships weren't meant to stay in the harbor, right? Um, but if, and I say this every day, is if not me, then who? And if all of us just walk away, uh, I will tell you anecdotally, 90 plus percent of the people in my city are very appreciative to us. Uh, We get lots of good feedback and all of that. And this media narrative is a few people with very large megaphones. Um, Everyone in this country with a brain knows that it's absolute insanity to talk about not having police officers. Um, Especially, I mean, there's, you you can't actually find any study and that includes in, quote unquote, black communities. I'm so tired of dividing everybody by skin color. But anyways, even in the polls and studies within the minority communities, supposedly, if there are communities where only minorities are, always show that police officers, they want the same or more police presence. Always. You can't find one single study or, or, or survey or cite any evidence to the contrary of that. The only people who are saying this are people who can afford private security. Uh, they live in fancy neighborhoods. Or they have secret service details. Or they're, yeah, they're politicians who have secret service. And it's sick. It's really sick. And I actually want to recommend to people, if you get a chance to go, um, I heard it on the Michael Knowles podcast. Can you hear me still? Yeah. I just got a no input warning. Um, Anyways, I heard last night on the Michael Knowles podcast, a 
a um, the Daily Wire backstage coverage, like I said, of the Chauvin trial. And um, they were talking about in the 90s, and this is when I grew up, like in the, and you, the 80s, 90s area era, um, we actually had a good amount of time where race legit, like wasn't even a factor. And they were talking about how, like, for me, this was the case in my classes, there would be people, whatever, black people, Mexican people, Asian people, white people, whatever, whatever, whatever. You just didn't see people that way. I noticed that about them. Like it, it was a thing. It was what it was, but it wasn't like there was no more to it at all. It literally was not a thing. We were, we would, we, we could joke about ethnicity. It was, we were at a really, like probably the best level that I can imagine for race relations, probably in, in the history of maybe humanity, because for once we're not thinking about, we're just existing. We're Americans. We exist. Right. We're together. After Obama's presidency, the nature of this country changed so drastically, so quickly to where this is now a focus. Again, they are purposefully separating people by, by race that, um, it's sick. It's scary. It's like, it's truly terrifying. And I think we're all getting to a point where we're going to, it's going to be that time to, to choose myself as an educator at some point here in California, especially because I'm a high school teacher, they're going to be asking me to implement, uh, probably racial talks. What is it called? Uh, critical race. Critical race theory. Yeah. I'm going to have to say garbage. That. I'm going to have to you know, I don't know. We're all going to have to do something. And so the point of this little brief podcast today is one idea that you and I have had is that we're going to be trying to roll out here, um, another podcast endeavor, but one that is aimed specifically at those young schools full of mush at at kids, a kid's podcast. And we want to do this because That's what it's all about, right? The left knows it. They've been trying to to propagandize kids for all of history. And why shouldn't we do the same? But with facts and logic and truth and and beauty and love, right? Absolutely. Um, I will tell you that for people who have never read or heard the analogy of the sheepdog when it comes to law enforcement and the military, uh, Colonel Dave Grossman, that's sort of the basis of a lot of his writings and teachings. But basically, calling society sheep is not meant as a pejorative. It's just a good analogy. And sheep like to go about their business of grazing and all of that and be left alone. But the sheepdog has to constantly watch for danger and when danger comes, the sheep run one way and the sheepdog runs the other way. And they will hide behind that sheepdog when danger comes. But they don't like him because he's scary and he or she um, and has big, scary tools. And he kind of looks like the wolf a little bit. But man, when the real wolf comes, they run and hide behind the sheepdog. So... If those, if all the sheepdogs just threw up their hands and said, well, the sheep don't like me, 
so I'm quitting, uh, then the entire flock is going to be decimated and eaten by the wolves and all that. So that's sort of a brief outline of how a lot of us see it. Uh, as far as making change, uh, a podcast to talk to kids, not about this, not to lecture, not to indoctrinate, but to maybe start working on some critical thinking skills uh, is a great start. And just real quick, a quote about change. Uh, it's super long, but the short little part of it, and I, I will tell you who said it. Actually, I'll have you guess, and then I'll tell you. But real change never takes place from the top down. It always takes place from the bottom up. It takes place when ordinary people by the millions are prepared to stand up and fight for what is right for justice. And then there's a bunch more, but absolutely spot on dead accurate. Um, I don't know. I think sometimes change could come from the top down. Like, it depends on how you look at it. If, like, if you think that's if you think that's true, then like that's I'm thinking a, of like the I'm thinking of like for example like uh, Moses getting the tablets or like Jesus you know or like a really good very inspiring um, leader. Okay, well, important caveat when you're using figures like Moses. Um, Isaac, Jacob, Jesus, mm-hmm. um, that's maybe a little different. Yeah. And they were, what were they doing? They weren't actually trying to change something. That's they true. They were actually just setting the bedrock foundation. And they all, every, you know, all great leaders will say that you, like Jesus included, like you, you should know what you were given the tools within you to know it's right. You have a conscience, you know, even the, um, the Gentiles, you know, were held accountable based on their level level of culpability. So it, you're right, and in that it does. We are all called to do our part. Without, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. So uh, we, I think, on our time for choosing recent episode, we talked about, you know, getting involved at the lowest level. Uh, yes. School boards. To me is the money, the money, getting regular traditional American folks onto school boards because their change. And by the way, that quote was from Bernie Sanders. I was going to say, I, it sounded a little... I, I, I can do a pretty good imitation of him, but I didn't want to do it because I would give it away. But <laughs> that's what they do. And that's how we got where we are is right. they have infiltrated the lowest levels and grown to the middle levels and now full blown at the higher levels of government, this insane suicidal nihilistic, uh, worldview that they have. And everyone else is just standing back going, I guess I shouldn't say anything, but there's about a 98 to 2% ratio on regular people that just want to be left alone. And the activists and the activists are very loud. The media is amplifying them. And it's because we're sitting back and not doing anything. So lowest levels is where it has to start. Uh, We don't really want or need a benevolent 
dictator to come in and fix this for us because it can't be done. You know how Biden was going to unify the country and then on day one of his presidency, <laughs> he divided us even worse than we already were and he continues to do so. So it's not coming from the top. It would be nice to have someone at the top who had a philosophy of leaving us alone. And I can't think of anyone that might do that. Oh, wait, the guy that just left spent yeah. four years getting rid of endless amounts of micromanagement regulations from the top that were destroying this country. And now that's all. Well, they're all put. back. Well, they're, with yeah, the vengeance. With a vengeance. Oh, with a vengeance. So. Well, and, and I, and I got to tell you, I do think that there's something to be said for the idea that while we have sat by for decades and just said, leave us alone, cut our taxes, that's all we want. I'm starting to think that it's really important to get better at doing what the left does, because I don't think it's inherently evil. For example, in the, the debate about, you know, like censorship and like cancel culture and all that, I don't, it's like, we always, we are so quick to go along with whatever the narrative is. Everyone falls into it. And so, you know, we, we say, no, like everything's okay. You don't, don't cancel anything. All speech is great and fine and whatever. But that's not necessarily true either. I do think that there's some things that we as a decent society shouldn't allow, like pornography and other things. And I think losing our morality in all these different ways along the way and always going along with whatever the narrative is and just standing there saying, just leave us alone, just leave us alone. Um, first of all, it doesn't happen. They never leave us alone. But then when we do get levers of power, it's like we never use them. And I don't know. One lever of power, like I said, that I, that we all have is the ability to influence those close to us, children, um, to try and we can't just stand by. You certainly can't just send your kids off to a public school and say, hopefully they'll be fine. I'm teaching them. Well, uh, no, they're spending six hours every day getting brainwashed. And, uh, anyways, so, so we have to wrap this little segment up here. But we wanted to say that we're planning a show that's going to be fun because my dad and I, which that's him, that's my dad, we were really great at being kids, I have to say. I feel like I was pretty good at being a kid. And I, I would say, Pop, you were, that was probably one of your high points as well. Being a kid is awesome. Being a kid is super fun and super cool. And the weight of the world it shouldn't be on your shoulders and the world's trying to put it on them right now. And I think that we, I think we have something to offer out there for kids. And so we'll keep you posted on that. It's going to be called the kid power podcast with pop and Jay. And we're planning to have a lot of fun little segments, little, um, probably a half an hour podcast. I don't know how often, but, uh, you know, I would like it to be regular with recurring segments that are short enough, bite-sized enough for kids to be able to hang on. And I, I loved listening to my headphones and radio when I was a kid. So we're thinking, I don't know what, like seven to 15 years old or something like that, but. Or even younger. Uh, yes. Some, some of them are much, you know, they're, they're all different developing. Yes. Uh, I know, I know some, I know some five and six year olds that, could pull their own weight 
in a, in that environment quite easily. Yep. My four-year-old's on her way. I, I, I'm very excited to share it with her and our um, other family members to get some feedback. So if any of you have feedback, uh, feel free to, to let us know, to reach out for us. You can always email us at popj at outlook dot, what is it, com? I don't say that sure. email address very I think, often. I think Pop, it is calm. Pop and Jay at outlook.com. Um, or you can comment and like this show and let us know uh, what you think about it and if you have any ideas. But I'm excited. I am excited to do a different project that is... Heck yeah. The best part of my day is being with my children. And it's not that I want to pretend like the world out there is not happening. It's quite the opposite. I want to do everything I can. I think... I don't remember. I know there's many saints who have talked about the importance of taking care of your family and that everything begins in the home. And so when I'm not being distracted by the world, which I often am, I know that I'm doing my duty and it's my honor to be able to be with my children and to nourish them in all the different ways that I can. And I would love to do that. Um, I try to do that when I teach at school and I would love to do that on a podcast with you pop. Absolutely. That is the gold standard. I think even the bad guys on the left know that, you know, Vladimir Lenin, give me the children when they are young and I will have them for life. And they well, know that's this, what I mean. It's not inherently well. bad to, to, it's just that they do it for for evil ends but of course educating children is super important and quote-unquote indoctrinating them that's 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 what you do indoctrinate has just got this negative connotation now but i'm pretty sure the etymology of the word is not like evil nefarious fill them with ooze it's you know you 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 bring up your children you teach them the things that they need to know for life that's your duty that's your duty and you have people that try and convince you that you know, you're brainwashing your kids. What, what are you, so, what are you doing? So the, the thing that happened is, and if you can just raise up to the 50,000 foot level and realize that in education, which is now government education, since Jimmy Carter created the department of education, um, they don't teach critical thinking anymore. So it, it used to be, Let's teach children how to think. Instead, we teach them what to think. And whichever side does it, that's not right. So critical thinking, you know, uh, analyze the facts. There's some things you have to teach them, you know. Of course, of course. But in general, we're not teaching kids how to think. That's true. Critical thinking. Analyze the facts, form your judgment, um, it's rational, unbiased, you know, just looking at things and then thinking through them yourself. But like, there's this problem with, with children right now. I, I sent you guys a picture. I took a picture of a shirt that was at Walmart and it said blessed. And then it had one of those little definition oh, yeah. things below it. And it said something like to feel good and happy or something like that. It was just about being happy. Right. Or something. And then one of my students walked in and she had a shirt that said blessed on it. And I laughed and I showed her the picture and I'm like, look, isn't this funny? And she's like, well, that's kind of what I think it means too. And I'm like, no, but this word actually has a meaning and it means, you know, this. And I showed her, you know, it's like, holy, you know, it's, it's root is in 
God has done something for you. You know, it's, it's, it, well, Anyways. language language is the the big tool. Please, if you haven't, please read 1984 by George Orwell because the word police and the thought police, they know they're smart enough to know this. Uh, they're ruthless uh, to control the language. Well, her answer uh, was very uh, just, it's what has been happening to me since college. It's the moral relativism or just relativism generally. She literally said, well... Yeah, that's what it means for me, though. It's kind of like I'm teaching my four-year-old yeah. to write right now, and sometimes she does like a really funky-looking thing, and I'm like, no, no, that's a Z, not an S. And she's like, it's just a different kind of S. And I'm like, no, there's actually a way you have to write your S, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> so it's funny because if you if you tell kids all the time, it's okay, you just believe in your truth and, and everything. Um, that's nonsense, and we're creating the dumbest generation of humans that have ever lived in this country. And it's dangerous. Bar none. And, and ignorance is definitely, that's, that's the number one weapon that the enemy I think is using right now is ignorance. So anyways, we have to get going, but we want to, Oh, by the way, speaking of brainwash, can I get one of those? Like, that sounds really nice. (laughs) Like a cleanup, like (laughs) cleanup on aisle brain. Cause my brain is like muddled. Uh, if you find a good one, let me know because I need it. Very yeah, I'm going to get like a monthly subscription for the brainwashing. But not the bad brainwashing, like a good one, you know, like a scrub. Um, okay, so yeah. look out for look out for Kid Power Podcast. Look out for more Pop and J Podcasts and stuff like that. And um, Look out for your family. Yeah, look out for your family and, and look out for your brain. <laughs> You know, keep keep researching and keep the faith because it's a weird, crazy world out there right now. And also, don't be a neurotic. Don't be neurotically afraid of death everywhere you go. This masking and all this stuff, it's 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 making people really, really neurotic about their health, myself included. You just find yourself being afraid. It's a way of keeping you afraid. So fight that. Fight against that. There's nothing to be afraid of. God is good. He's always with us. He's here. He always has been. He always will be. We just have to Go Trust back to in him. him. Follow him. And uh, anyways, so let's keep doing that, Pop. What do you say? I, yeah, I have nothing left. You said it all. That was perfect. All right, guys. See you next time. God bless. Keep moving forward. Critical thinking.